Hi there, and welcome to RCR's In the Room With, our new video interview series talking to entertainment professionals about their careers and what they have learned along the way to get in the room. I'm Stephanie Pache, editor and publisher of RCR News Media, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Jordan Aquino, who is an actor and host of New Mexico Women in Film, Ready, Set, Film New Mexico, their digital video series. Today we're speaking with a, an amazing writer, actor, author, Leon Acord. Leon? Hey. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Stephanie. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me. And you Hi. even pronounced my last name right. Bonus oh. points. <laughs> I didn't want to get taken to task. <laughs> <laughs> so um, first of all, Thanks for joining us and congratulations on your latest baby, Sublubberty. Thank you. So we'll be talking about that. His book, you can see it here. I have a little picture of it for you. So that must be exciting to have, you know, been beat up by Hollywood and mm. spit out something as wonderful as this. <laughs> oh, God bless you. I don't know if they beat me up, but boys, Hollywood sure tried. I think it tries to beat everyone up who first comes here, and it's it's. Do you let them get you, or do you find a new way to fight the fight the fight? Um, so yeah, hopefully that's all in there <laughs> in the book. Well, and then we're going to pull some uh, of how to fight the fight from you. Cool. In our interview. Okay, so um, Jordan's going to start with some questions for you. All right. Hi. So excited Hi. to have you here. It's nice to be okay. here. Stephanie and I go way back. I don't want to say how far back. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. The full picture, 10 or 12 years. We're, we're kids. Yeah. We're, kids. Yeah. we're kids. Absolutely. We, we started young in our youth. Right. You're still young. Still spring chickens. Spring I love chickens. this <laughs> woman. I love this woman. Well, it's mutual. The feeling is mutual. Oh, so. bless you. Leon, I have my first question for you. What inspired you to become an actor? TV, I think. Um, mm. Growing up, it was all about, oh gosh, this is to tell you how old I am. It was all about the Norman Lear sitcoms, All in the Family and Maude, uh, Good Times, Carol Burnett, and then the MTM shows, Mary Tyler Moore and Phyllis mm. Cloris Leachman. Mm. Um, mm. I grew up watching those and it just, it looked like so much fun. I mean, it didn't even occur to me then as a kid that they actually get paid to do that. I just thought, oh my God, I want to do that. It looks like so much fun, especially Carol Burnett, you know, them trying to, to hold it together and not mm -hmm. crack up during the uh, sketches. I just, mm -hmm. um, I just thought it looked like so much fun. And just, so from there I went to, you know, high school theater. And then I really, it's funny, it's most actors kind of get into it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to be a star. I want to be And then, Somewhere in the first few years that you're working, it kind of shifts and you, you realize what you're really in it for, which is to tell stories and to mm -hmm. offer some sort of insight to people's personalities and psyches. But yeah, it was initially just, it looked like it was so much fun. TV. I never wanted to be a movie star. I just wanted to, you know, do sitcoms. Mm -hmm. Make people laugh. Yeah, exactly. So you did theater growing up. Where, where is home? Where are you from? Indiana. Um, 
Kokomo movie. Kokomo. Yeah, they they sang a song about Kokomo. Oh, not the same. <laughs> that, that's right, they did. It's also in um, Applause, the Lauren Bacall musical. Mm. There's a song called Welcome to the Theater. And there's a line oh. that says, uh, you'll be a bitch, but they'll know your name from New York to Kokomo. There you go. I haven't heard that line. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great musical. One of the few musicals I actually like. I'm missing the gay musical gene. <laughs> I actually have a degree in musical theater, so oh my I think God. you and I would get along. Um, you know, that's the toughest. You know, you can fake your way for a film performance. Musical theater performers, they either so got much. good or they're doing something else. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, so. you, can't, you can't fake that, that's for sure. <laughs> Oh, thank you. And um, she also has a short that will be releasing soon, an eight-minute short where she is, it's a singing, a little bit of dancing, and it's all about uh, equality and calling somebody out for not, uh, for, for a statement they said that they thought was innocent. And I'll make sure you see it. It's so good. Yes, I'd love to. That sounds like my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. I was just about to say that. That it might be your cup of tea. <laughs> totally. This is exciting. Okay, so you're from Indiana. So yeah. did you move straight to LA from Indiana or did you go to school before you moved? What was the beginning I, of your career I, like? Uh, right after high school, I moved to Indianapolis and I did one play there at Footlight Musicals. That was actually my last musical, Little Abner. Just, I mean, a glorified Dr. Smithborn, basically chorus. Which is odd because I can't sing and I'm not like I can't really dance either. But you know, when you want to work, you kind of do you what do you got to do. Mm -hmm. And then um, from Indianapolis, I actually did move back to Kokomo for a couple of years. Um, long story, I won't bore you with. And then moved to San Francisco in '85. And um, at first, I'd done a couple of uh, theater productions in Indiana. And kind of got soured. It just, I just felt like I just was never going to make it happen. So I actually gave up for a while, moved to San Francisco, thought I was going to become a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found this wonderful acting teacher, Sammy Antoinette, um, in the pages of San Francisco Weekly and started taking her course. Uh, she kind of was like, I won't say method, but uh, she had studied with Stella Adler. So it was mm. Adler esque. Cool. And it just, you know, it's like, Leon, you are an actor. God damn it, quit playing <laughs> games and just. So I studied with her for about four or five years before I even started auditioning. Because oh, wow. I just, uh, it took me a while to get the nerves up. And uh, that's really, those years in San Francisco was really kind of relit the fuse. Up till then, I like fantasized about being it, but, you know, I didn't, I hadn't done the work. I was still kind of in that oh, it'd be great to be a star kind of mentality instead of being like, I want to be an artist. And Sammy's really the person who taught me, you know, Leon, it's about being an artist, about, mm -hmm. being, about finding Amazing. things that's not ego. I mean, you know, there's always mm -hmm. some ego involved because it's you, you know. Right. But um, it was really, it was then that I really kind of learned it. Since then, I've always thought of being an actor as similar to being a politician in that you're representing like i i represent the pencil neck gay geeks of of the world so mm -hmm. in that way i kind of it's it's honorable to be an actor you know? mm -hmm. 
the human condition and all of that. Right, and you use your voice to tell stories that are related to what, you know, like old dogs, new tricks, right? Yeah. So, you know, those, you put that into your art, which is, you know, it, it translates well because you're passionate about it. You also are acting in it. Um, and that's, you know, that's all intertwined into something that's engaging and people, you know, that's the content people want to watch. Well, thank you. I was really surprised at, uh, you know, I thought at the time, if we get 500 views an episode, oh my God, we're going to be a hit. <laughs> Little did I know, but one of the things I think, and I thank Sammy for this, because I got away from the, I want to be a star kind of motivation. Mm -hmm. um, I, I got to do stories and play characters that really spoke to stuff that I, that interested me, you know, gay parts and, and things of that nature. I wasn't playing like, you know, gay bank teller or gay subway passenger you know? mm -hmm. <laughs> if i'd gone the mainstream route mm -hmm. you know my career would have lasted five minutes and i probably would have been so bitter on the other end of it mm. so i kind of just i kind of realized and pretty early on if i was going to work it was really going to be up to me to make most of my breaks and uh, i think it's something most actors most actors should adopt that whether it's true or not mm -hmm. uh, that you really you, you can't wait by the phone because you're you're never going to work right Right, you you definitely have to make your own breaks, and that's the theme that we're, you know we hear over and over as we do interviews, you know, like this is what is it that you know you learned, and that's the big lesson to learn. One, it's not about you know being a star because that will come or doesn't come, but if that's your only motivation, then it's going to sh you're not going to yeah. last. You'll you're going to have out. a yeah, and you'll be miserable the entire time, I think. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's like a drug, you know? It's never enough. Oh, you've got right. this much, now you want more. Right. I, you know. And you, you have to make your own content. You ha If you're sitting yeah. around waiting, you know, write or act or, you know, do something that you have to show while you are waiting for those seven years for that break. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not any, talking about... If there's any plus from this COVID nightmare mm -hmm. um now almost all the actors i know are embracing creating their own stuff unfortunately it's all on zoom but um people are really getting turned on out of the idea and concept you know we all have our ring lights now in our backgrounds and, and people are even sag now is like sending emails to their members about how to produce your own stuff right yeah i saw so, that uh, it's gonna be really exciting once we all get vaccinated, we can move on to see how it's going to kind of solve show business. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about old dogs' new tricks. Oh, okay. You wrote <laughs> something about that. You started in it. You produced it. Had you done anything like that before? How did you decide to make this series, and and what was it like getting it started? Not since I was in San Francisco, like when I was maybe. Gosh, I wasn't even 30. I direct, wrote and directed a film, a Super 8 film that we transferred to. Anyway, <laughs> that was really the only time I like had this, you know, kind of like hyphenate writer slash producer slash actor thing. Um, with Old Dogs, it was 2010. I'd been in LA for about five years. And after two or three plays, just I could hear the breaks 
kicking in on my career and I, I um, was beyond frustrated. I took two months off and went back to Indiana. I had a niece who was getting married. So I thought, just go back, take two months off, you know, either decide what you're going to do next or maybe being back home will reignite something. And it did. I, um, <laughs> when I was a kid, dad and I used to watch all the family and all that stuff. Right. I went back for the visit. And by then dad was watching Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. <laughs> so I, I would watch those every night with him, you know, before I go off to read or whatever. And it was just, it really did reignite. And it was during that, that time I was like, hmm, you know, people told me I should write produce my own stuff. Maybe there's something to this. You know, I toyed, I did, like about 10 years earlier with my a, a gay TV series idea. But at the time, uh, my friend Jeffrey and I was working on it with me. We just thought, there's no network. You, you can't get gay stuff on network TV. Network TV, I'm quaint. But by 2010, it was like, you know, there's, hmm, YouTube's a thing. And there's this, so I, I kind of looked at some web series, the main one being Gotham. Do you remember that? It was like mm -hmm. um, based in New York, uh, like a daytime drama. Right. And it was just kind of like, oh, my God, there's this, you know, I thought when I heard web series, I thought it was like two people on a bed, you know, just kind of <laughs> with, their, with their phones or something. And, and mm -hmm. Gotham had amazing production values. And it kind of really got the wheels turning. Mm -hmm. So I, and I thought, well, what if I if I were to write a show, what would it be? Well, of course, it would be a gay show. And um, I've always been pretty big about facing your fears and embracing them. You know, if you embrace your fears, they don't they're not scary anymore. Right. I, I was 47 and thinking, oh God, I'm going to be 50 in Hollywood, and if I don't accomplish something by the time I'm 50, I'm going to just. Uh, so I thought, well, write that, right, what you know, right, about the fear, you know, right, about getting older in Hollywood, about mm -hmm. getting older and being gay in Hollywood. So not only do you have the showbiz angle of your aging out of showbiz, you're also aging out of, you know, a love life. And once I had the idea and created the four characters, I like wrote four personality, you know, outlines. And it was like a bomb went off. Like every night, I'd like have dinner with my parents, watch a couple hours of TV, go up to my room by nine, right until about four in the morning wow like wow. every night for like six weeks and um it really did save my life it saved my career we energized me i came back to la with these scripts and like oh my god now, now what do we do right and um it's i always say to people if they're scared of something embrace it write about it explore it i mean if it's not going to kill you right what's you know, and you don't have to share it with anyone. You're just putting it, yeah. you know, so you identify what it is so you can yeah. conquer it. Right. I would, I'd sent scripts to my husband while I was writing them. He was still in LA and he's like, you know, yeah, this is good. But Leon, you know, who's going to pay for it? And, <laughs> you, know, you can't catch lightning in a bottle. And I'm just like, I'll worry about that. Once the scripts are done. I just want to, I was so, that was really the first time I really enjoyed writing. It was mm. really like spending evenings with, you know, make-believe friends, right. imaginary friends. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't even really say I wrote it. You know, I would like get into this zone and mm -hmm. I would create the situations, but the characters, like they were, they were telling me what they were going to say. Um, sometimes I would amaze myself. I'm like, oh my God, that's hysterical and write it down. <laughs> There's a, uh, we did a episode at a gay wedding. And at the end, there's this, 
one of the character throws up on the other one. I had like written myself into a corner and I'm like, how do I get out? And so Brad can throw up. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was perfect. It just, again, I don't take any credit for that. It really was like I was channeling voices from the ether and they were telling me what these characters would say and do. Mm-hmm. It was, it was incredible. I, I keep waiting for the next project to like have a similar fire in my belly. It just, I have not, got one yet that is kind of ignited the way old dogs did mm-hmm. but it was it was it turned into be to be five years and three seasons and three specials and uh a huge chunk of my life and great friendships made and amazing lessons learned mm-hmm. uh, another reason to produce your own stuff is that you, you learn i mean if nothing else it serves an actor to be on the other side of the table at an audition you'll see so many mistakes that you never really realize were mistakes until you see other people do them. Mm-hmm. Like, like showing up and starting with, well, I didn't really have a chance to prepare, but what are you oh. crazy? Don't... And it's amazing how many actors do that. There are other little sure. habits. So yeah, for that reason alone, produce something and, and get on the other side. And, and something else you'll see is that, you know, when you're auditioning, if if you're if you're right for a part, your competition isn't fifty other people. Mm-hmm. At most, there's maybe two or three other people they're considering. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the odds aren't that big. Don't psych yourself out. You know? Right. Better chance than you think most times. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I heard that. You know, getting in the room. First of all, you have to think. Okay. Well, they thought you had something valuable some type of talent that could help this project so you're in the room now what are you going to do with it because that's already a positive in your favor mm-hmm. right yeah so don't let that psych you out and you know don't don't do the self-deprecating oh sorry i didn't really prepare because that's the first you know red flag well wow, oh you didn't prepare you. yeah i would have hired <laughs> someone who doesn't prepare yeah right unless i pulled you off the street two minutes earlier you have no other excuse <laughs> brian cranston actually i met him at a they used to do this thing in la called actors fest through uh backstage west and he had the best advice about auditions he said that you know don't think of it as a chance to get a job think of an audition as the job Think of it, you're getting a three minute chance to act. So go in and act. And if you think about it, most of us, when we're cast on a film, you're only going to be acting for three minutes at a time anyway. If that, if you're lucky to have that. Mm -hmm. Right. So just enjoy the audition. You know, if you get the part, great, that's sauce. But make the audition the job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The audition. You know, and Lisa Kudrow, she's another one. She, uh, She's like, embrace everything. If you go in and the people out there are eating, don't get all defensive and up in your stuff about it. Chances are they've seen a lot of people and they haven't eaten all day. You know, try right. to try, let go of that, you know, quit looking for reasons to be upset mm-hmm. and just go in and have a good time and do your work. Mm-hmm. Right. What was it like producing? So you'd you'd written this thing, you'd had this mm-hmm. flash of inspiration and brilliance. So when you got back home, what was it like to put on the producer hat? Had you had you produced before? I produced a couple stage productions. 
and then that fell way back when I was 29 in San Francisco. Uh, fortunately, by then I was married, and Lawrence um, was an event production, not a caterer, but you know, like a hospitality event, which is right. basically the same as filmmaking. Because you, <laughs> you find a location, you move in, you set up, mm -hmm. you transform it. You have about 100 people in there, and then two hours later, you 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 leave, and you leave it like nobody ever knew you were there in the first place. So mm -hmm. I kind of brought him into it. Um, <laughs> I was also really lucky. I'd done a, um, some USC student films with some really talented oh, great. Uh, and students, one in particular, mm -hmm. Batista. So he was the first one. He's straight, so I didn't think he'd actually be interested in doing a show himself, but I thought he'd be able to you know, connect me with some gay filmmakers. So I sent him the scripts, and um, he contacted me a few days later and said, well, Leon, you know, I'm not old and I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I am a dog. Yes, but I yeah, I'm a USC filmmaker, and um, if you don't think that's a problem, I'd love to help you develop this and produce it and direct it. And he's really, I mean, my producing on the show was kind of like I got to produce, I got to do the things I wanted to do, and I all the stuff I didn't want to do, we let Arvin and Lawrence do. Like I really involved in the casting and costuming. Um, I love rewriting. I would just love getting notes from Arvin on the scripts and, and finding ways to incorporate that. Um, the things I hated, like fundraising and location scouting. Arvin. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I can't really say I produced from, you know, A to Z. I got to produce A and D and G and H and, you know, the things. But <laughs> you knew what all the other pieces were. Yeah, yeah. So you made the executive's decision to, yeah. you know, have other people. <laughs> right. There you go. I like how you know. Like, you produced like the whole thing. thing. Come there on. All right. Arvin will, when we were done, he's like, Leon, you realize you just produced the equivalent of three independent features. Mm -hmm. uh, can't yeah. even think of it in those terms. But yeah, I guess about four hours yeah. of content. So. Yeah. There has to be an intermission so you could sell more popcorn and drinks to the people. <laughs> so that's what had been really profitable. <laughs> yeah, really. We've thought about, you know, if, if if we revisit the show, that we do it as a feature. So mm. I older love dogs, it. older dogs and no tricks. <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, Sex and the City's doing it, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I when I watched some of the series, it was like this is a gay Sex in the City, and I think I like this even better. It was just oh, really fun. That was certainly. I mean, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. That wasn't one of the inspirations. But there were a lot of. Um, there was a show in the '80s called The Days and Nights of Molly Dodd, with right. Blair Brown. It was yes. one of the first dramedies, and right. that really was influential because it's quirky and it was based in reality, but then it would take these flights of fancy that were just kind of ridiculous. So um, there was that, there was, you know, queer as folk, there was designing women. I mean, there've been so many shows with like four leads that um, it was kind of like the template was already in existence. You know, I didn't really create the concept really. It's just kind of fill it in with my, you know, versions of the uh, archetypes. Mm -hmm. What was the reception like? Had you planned to put it on YouTube or to release it online as a web series? Or were you thinking, um, 
like I would do this in like a pilot or longer episodes. What were your thoughts when you decided to release it as a web series? Um, we did the pilot. And back then, the rules for web TV, I mean, this was back in the days when Netflix was still sending DVDs in the middle. Right. Yeah. Um, Arvin was like, Leon, you can't, I mean, three minute episodes? No, 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 90 seconds. I'm like, Arvin, I can't write in 90 seconds. I mean, I grew up on 22 minute sitcoms. The, you know, the fact that I got it between three and five minutes, although we eventually got to about 12 minutes by the end mm -hmm. of the run. Um, so we did the pilot, which was a little over three minutes, and um, the response was just amazing. And uh, so we, I, by then I think I had scripts for about thirteen episodes already drafts, you know. So we <laughs> that the uh, premiere party we huddled in a corner and it's like, okay, how can we do this really quick and cheap? Well, we'll do like a short season of four more episodes, and then we'll see if. If people are still into it by then, then we'll think bigger. And they were still into it, and um, we did think bigger. And thank God for um, crowdfunding. That was something else that just kind of was happening right. at the time. It was, a lot of it really was just we were at the but, right place at the right time. Right. So, and if you would have thought of this ten years, you know, earlier, it may have not gone anywhere because yeah. you it would have had to go on television, right? And they would have made it. There was no YouTube. Before. There was no yeah. yeah. There was no platform for this kind of work until you know much later, and not that long ago. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, in relation, been on a network, they would have. I never would have played it. You know, they would have. <laughs> hired Andy Dick, probably. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> they would have had notes, and yes, mm -hmm. Netflix too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that was another advantage of YouTube is just that we don't have to deal with 12 people telling us right. what they think it should be. And mm -hmm. that way it was just stayed organic and remained what I wanted it to be, which um, you don't get that a lot. No. And now um, it's, uh, it's <laughs> running on uh, Amazon. Yes. Oh mm -hmm. So I'm an Amazon queen. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me Hippolyta. Right. Exactly. That, that gosh, a whole new audience. And mm -hmm. uh, boy, it really looks good on Amazon too. I don't it know does. to it. But I, it's funny. Uh, I used to have these arguments with Arvin back in the early days because I really didn't know what streaming, I just knew you could get it through your computer. I didn't really... And we'd get in these arguments that, you know, he would rightly tell me that streaming, the quality is much higher than DVD. Oh, no, Arvin, I'd want a DVD any day. No, 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 I've watched some old favorites recently on streaming. It's like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Look at this picture. Look at those shadows. Look at, the, look at those wrinkles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, streaming's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, and, it you know, it's everywhere. Now the hard thing is with the OTTs, mm. where are you going to find the content, right? Yeah. Because there's so many. I mean, do you? There's an Adam Rippon channel. <laughs> I think there's a Waffle House. Channel. I know, but there's like the craziest, you know. <laughs> so yes, you're going to figure out what Adam Rippon's about because you know. Yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of other channels that have weird names that you know don't tell you what that is but i was talking um to tina sessa ward you know um anyone but me yeah. um and she's going to do one but it's going to be daily dramas and so she's she understands you know that content development and just doing 
you know, having a channel that's all dramas and there's not a lot. So she's going to go looking for, you know, beyond soap because, you know, soap opera actors, they all, you know, they, they have a fan following that's oh, crazy and they're yeah. in web series and they're doing, you know, like the Bay and other things. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have, if you build a channel that you're going to have your content on, it's good to make it one easy to find, especially for the, you know, cord cutters. But I go on, you know, my Vizio and I'm looking at, I don't even know what is on these channels. And then you go in it and it's a whole different uh, user experience for every channel you click on. So, you, you know, I'm wondering how that can even be successful. But if you have a focused channel that people can come to for those, you know, daily dramas or those kind of soap type yeah. shows, then that's, you know, you're attracting that audience and that helps with, you know, getting it seen. But the other part of that is, you, you know, you're on the internet, you have to build a fan following, you have to have, you know, social media pages where people can come and connect with you. Mm -hmm. And you do that really well. You're, you know, yeah. one of the few people that are on social and sharing things and you're so engaged. Except that, for Twitter. <laughs> except for Twitter. <laughs> we won't say that you've been banned for life, but it was in a good cause. Let's just say he did not die on that stake for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> My parents were so proud when I told them. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of things uh, maybe you can, you know, talk about how you get, you know, you get who you are and your project out there for people to follow and engage with. I mean, how are you you know, what are your thoughts on the audience building side of things? It's funny, um, when we first started writing and talking about the show, even then we were talking about narrow casting and it seemed like this odd concept, but yeah, I guess, but now it's like to the nth degree. It's like, it's it's really about, as you said, it's about niche, niche I'm not pronouncing it, N-I-C-H-E right, programming mm -hmm. and finding that small, but rapidly loyal audience because now it's not so much about numbers as much as being able to repeat the numbers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you have 1,000 people who show up to every single thing you post, some people will right. consider you a hit. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So you you know you look at your audience um, and the people that know what you're you know what you create and they love what you create and then let's say you go and do something completely opposite that how many of those people could you bring? And so as a creator, you have to think of those things. You have to think in terms of, you know, like financing, how am I gonna get money? And what can I show that I've done in the past mm -hmm. that can be repeatable to, you know, or can, can minimize risk whenever somebody's going to, yeah. you know, give you funding, right? One thing, something else I have to think about that I tend to forget until someone else reminds me is, is my age, you know, <laughs> there's not a lot of, you know, people under my, who's younger than me who want to see stories about people my age or older, unless you're really, really good, like the Golden Girls, and it becomes, I, I do think the more specific something is, the more universal it becomes. But um, when we first started doing Old Dogs, I remember even then Arvin telling me, well, Leon, you know, the internet is really by for and about young people. So how are you going to get a show about old people to finish? <laughs> oh, thanks for the encouragement, Arvin. Um, 
So I just kind of, I went on, and I didn't even really know about hashtags then. I just kind of went on Facebook. I went searching for groups who, you know, uh, LGBT senior was one of them. Um, oh. Groups about, uh, groups in West Hollywood, groups about aging as, as gay people, um, just blanket gay groups. Right. Um, just anything that any kind of page or group that I thought might be interested. I wouldn't do that now. I was really ballsy in those early days. It's really kind of rude. What we don't know. Yeah, you learn fast. <laughs> yeah, you don't don't just go on a page, join it in one day, and start posting your crap without being involved and talking to people on the page. Right. Learn from my mistakes. But yeah, that's that's kind of how we initially found the audience. And then you mentioned soap actors, and you're absolutely right. We had the great good fortune of um, casting Tom Beards from Young and the Restless, the um, first season. And I, you know, I knew him from Young and the Restless, but I didn't. I then I had no idea how loyal and faithful so daytime oh. drama audiences right. are. And it's like, are you kidding me? Okay, every next guest star who can we get from daytime? Next guest star who's available from daytime? Mm -hmm. uh, we had so loyal that they followed us all the way to the very end mm. oh yeah cast that, daytime actors because they're fine <laughs> follow them everywhere they're very loyal God right yeah we got written he, up in top opera digest it was mm -hmm. fabulous mm -hmm. and soap actors too i mean they show up they i mean when they're used to memorizing i don't know 40 pages a day Right. They're going to know their stuff. They're going to hit their marks. They know what they're doing. They don't sweat the little stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I wish I could say we had some horrible experiences that would help sell books, but unfortunately, all the uh, guest stars were very professional and mm -hmm. no nonsense. And yeah, no it shows. It shows. It's a definitely a high quality, you know, professionally done. You know, not only just the story is so good, but everybody in it, and it's just, you don't look at it and say, oh, this was made for YouTube. You know, it does, it, it crosses, no, it, it does. It crosses every platform. So it can play anywhere, you know, granted audience, right? You want it to play yeah. for audience, not we just actually, put it everywhere. Last summer, there was um, a Heartland Film Festival in Indianapolis, partnered with the uh, Indianapolis Gay Lesbian Film Festival and flew the entire cast to Indianapolis showed like 10 of our best episodes. My parents had never seen the show before mm -hmm. then, and I never really even told them much about it. They came and saw it and like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting that I really do believe, I mean, you can go too far and be too explicit in terms of sexuality or language. Mm -hmm. But other than that, the more specific you are, I really do think it becomes universal. It becomes funnier the more precise you are. I don't know how to articulate it better than that, but um, that has been the biggest eye-opener from the whole experience. It's like, uh, we probably have more straight female fans than gay male fans. I could be wrong, but... No, I think you're probably right. Yeah, and, and great friends. I mean, I've made some really great friends from the people, the audience. I, I don't like to use the word fans even. Cause right, it's, yeah. That implies this kind of hierarchy where it's more like this. Mm -hmm. so, you know, so it's been a great experience. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to think what what bad 
stuff happened. There were a couple crazy fans, but other than that, it was really. Um, I I always call it getting my masters at Showbiz U. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Can you tell us about your your book, Sublebrity: The Queer Life of a Showbiz Footnote? <laughs> Oh, sure. <laughs> I love the title. I love Thank it. Thank you. Well, you know, I had to, I, since junior high, I grew up reading showbiz memoirs and biographies and autobiographies that I've, I've always found them to be inspiring. Every actor that you know has had a period of self-doubt. And, and it's just, I, I can't recommend reading them, not just mine, enough to, you know, people who want to act. Um, so, you know, I had this history of these books in my head, and I always thought, oh, well, someday I'll grow up and write one. Well, who cares, right? So I found, like, the only way uh, I could write one is to make fun of it, you know, make fun of the fact that it's a Hollywood memoir by a non-famous actor and uh, <laughs> kind of just kind of tweak that and play with that. Uh, I also knew that it would have to be, pretty well written otherwise people would be like who the hell does he think <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like this has got to be funny and it's mm. got to be something people can relate to and uh you know let go of any grandiosity i had to i think i did one edit where i just went through the draft going okay that sounds too pretentious that sounds like i'm full of myself take that out because um yeah i wanted it to be funny i didn't want it to be look at what i've done mm -hmm. you know <laughs> But it was fun. It was kind of, um, in a weird way, the easiest thing I've ever written because the plot's already established. You mm -hmm. just have to figure mm -hmm. out what you're going to highlight. And, you know, something else I had to like figure out, okay, that's my parents' story. I'm not going to tell that story because that's really, I just was an observer of that story. So I, that doesn't need to, you know, I did, I also had to, I did not, you know, I experienced a San Francisco earthquake in 89. It's not in there. I was uh, lived in Oakland for the Oakland Fire, and that's uh, yeah. not in there because I just found if it wasn't about being gay or being an actor or being a gay actor, take it out. You know, I had to be very specific about the theme. Otherwise, it would just seem like who does he think he is? Right. <laughs> right. That should have been the title. Who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> are there any favorite stories or chapters in the book? you'd like to share? Um, yeah, there's this one. Um, my favorite chapter, I, I, I can't really share it because it's, it's, there are several chapters about my best friend, Jeffrey Hartgraves, who died of cancer. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Um, it's funny, I saved those chapters till the end because I thought they would be the hardest to write. And they, I think because I hadn't spoken about it much, they just spilled out. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was the most that was the biggest surprise. But I guess a story I could share would be, um, there's a chapter called Too Gay or Not Too Gay. <laughs> and uh, I'd been working in San Francisco for about, probably about five years, getting cast in a lot of theater and some film. But every time I would go for a commercial, I would even sometimes get a call back, but never get cast and never get cast. Mm -hmm. It was starting to, I, I was beginning to think maybe I just, maybe I'm, Maybe the acting pool in San Francisco is so small that I am getting cast for these other things, but not for commercials because I suck. I don't know. So um, there was a casting director in San Francisco who did casting for a lot of commercials named Bo Bono. And he mm -hmm. held workshops 
for you know like commercial audition workshops. So I signed up and I thought, okay, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to find out if I suck and if, if I'm doing something wrong, what it is. So there were about 12 or 14 of us in the workshop and you know, you'd hand out scripts and we'd do it and you know, you'd give notes to almost everybody and I would do my singing like, oh, that's great, Leon, next. Okay. So by the end of it, I had had no feedback for my work. And so I was even more confused and we're starting to break down and Bo said, Leon, can you hang out for a minute? I want to talk to you. Oh my God, he's going to tell me I stink. So everybody like puts their sides back and the room empties out and he's he's very serious and he's like looks very like he just doesn't know how to tell me i'm like oh my god i must really suck he's this concerned about it i mean it's like he's going to tell me i had cancer or something <laughs> i mean it was that kind of so he took a deep breath and i took a deep breath and he said leon you know i don't know what notes to give you because i think you've got the warmth and the skill and the talent and you know you hit all, all the marks, you do everything you need to do. And I'm like, okay, is he going to ask me out? What's going on? Right. And then he said, but I got to tell you, you're not going to get cast because you're just too gay. And I think he thought I was going to explode, but I just kind of stood there and looked at it. And then he went on to explain that, you know, I've been in the room with advertisers and that we've been watching the tapes and you just scare the hell out of them. Hmm. And um, instead of exploding, I mean, there was something to watch. This was like the late 90s, and it wasn't like today where you see, you know, focused, you know, gay representation in advertising. Mm -hmm. I thought it was incredibly brave of him. He could have just said, thanks, Leon, and right. not said anything. It would have been safer for him. I could have very easily had a hissy fit and made a big stink out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I really admired that he did that. Um, about a year later, I went up for an industrial, which is like a long form commercial, mm -hmm. playing an art song, and nailed that part like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was for Bobino, and it was so funny when I mm -hmm. for the callback. He just like gave me this look, like, okay, well, I'm all right. Long <laughs> enough, and sooner or later, and I loved it too because later on I played Quentin Chris, but his philosophy was that you know, don't change to be what you think they want. Be who you are, and sooner or later, they'll come to you. And um, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's right. Wow, okay. Just be yourself. You know, because I could have taken that information and, like, tried to butch it up and right. cut the hair. And, but um, no, I just decided, okay, well, that's – I'll just have to keep producing my own stuff. Then commercials aren't going to cast me. That's, that's a great advice because yeah. – you know, how many people are trying to second guess what is expected? And yeah. then they, and it's not authentic for them to do. It's not part of their fiber. And then, you know, it, it's, it's not, it's seen. People can see that. And there's always going to be someone, you're either too tall or too short or too blonde or too dark or too male or too female or too fat or too skinny or right. too this or too that. Gotta, I like what Kathy Bates says. Just be so goddamn good that they have to hire you. Right. That's, that's the best advice instead of like trying to second guess what they want or what you are or what mm -hmm. you know, just go in and be good right right good advice perfect um did you have another question for leon in your list of questions there yes okay. i have a couple more okay. do you have any advice for actors wanting to make their own content 
Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> that's a book. That's another book. I would say the probably the best piece of advice and the thing that worked the best for me, the reason my show turned out so well is network, find your tribe, mm -hmm. you know, find talented people to work with, to encourage you, to be inspired by. And um and yeah, find your tribe and and help them out and they'll help you out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would be the best advice, I guess. Um, Find really, people. Yeah, connections and, you know, nobody does it alone. It does take a village. So mm -hmm. try to get the smartest villagers you can find. <laughs> and, you know, also villagers who like to have fun because it is a play and it should be fun and you don't want to, you know, work with people, especially if you're doing a show for five years. The worst mm -hmm. thing to do is hire someone that makes your life miserable. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. No, so true. Good advice. What's been keeping you busy in quarantine? Have you found any new shows or creative projects that you've uh, been committed uh, it, to in the past year? You know, I, I was so consumed when it first started back in March. We were just finishing up Sublebrity and we're publishing that. So I was focused on that through July. And then um, my friend Jeffrey Hartgraves had a play, Carved in Stone, that I edited and published on Amazon. So that kept me busy up until about, I guess, August or September. And it's just now I, I now I'm like in the mindset that everyone else was in back in like maybe June or July. I'm like, well, I'm going crazy. I need something <laughs> to do. Um, I do have a, I'm working on a pilot script called Hollywood has-beens that um, if it comes together, it's actually the, um, the project that my friend Jeffrey Hartgraves and I were working on 10 years ago when we thought it, or 15 years ago when we thought it was too gay for TV. Um, I'm going to try to pull that script together. And Bruce Hart, who plays my arch rival on Old Dogs, he and I are going to play best friends. Oh. Um, Ooh. It, it's kind of like, without giving too much away, I, I describe it as Ab Fab meets I Love Lucy's Hollywood episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two former A-listers just desperate to get back into the, to, into the spotlight. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, it sounds fun. But yeah, lots of lots of we've got H. Oh gosh, we have everything now. Hulu and Max, and we're going to have to get rid of a couple of them, or we're going to go broke. But mm. yeah, every night has been a film festival. It's and you know it's it's been fun to kind of. I don't like war movies. There are like so many movies I don't like, and I'm kind of trying to push myself. I have all this time, so Leon, just sit down. You're at home. Mm -hmm. Watch that war movie. Watch that movie that seems kind of interesting, but you weren't so sure about. Um, I've let my husband talk me into watching some shows that I scoffed at and actually really liked. The Flight Attendant. Okay. Great. Um, the Undoing on HBO was another one he talked me into watching and I actually really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it. was, yeah, a bit. Now, TV is really where it's at now. Sorry, <laughs> coffee's repeating on me. Um, the performances on TV, I mean, well, I mean, we're in California, so there's no cinema really um, conventionally. But the work on TV is just so much more interesting. The performances, the acting, it's just vibrant and vital and, you know, the nitty gritty. And, I, you know, I'm old enough to remember, and we were talking about this just last night because of Cloris Leachman, because she won an Oscar while she was doing a sitcom, mm -hmm. which in the 70s was unheard of for a sitcom person to even get a film, much less win an Oscar. 
and that is completely flopped now. It's like TV is where the, you know, movies are lucky if they can get a good TV actor. Cause you know, movies are just, now it seems like it's superheroes and um, vampires and explosions. And I sound really old. I sound like an old man just saying that. Don't I? <laughs> yeah. What, one of, um, one of the interesting things as you're, you know, you look back at the history of, you know, if you were the film actor and TV wasn't, you know, up and up there and, oh, you know, no one would do commercials. And when Bill Cosby and some others would do commercials, they were like, what? Oh, and they then, do commercials in Europe or Japan. Right, right. Yeah. And then, oh, you never want to go on daytime if you're, you know, been on prime time. All of these rules have kind of just gone away, you know, and if you're acting, whether you're acting in a television show or a movie, doesn't matter because guess where it's going to play? Yeah, streaming on your TV. <laughs> it's interesting because coming up, I was always a fan of the English actors who would do not only TV, movies, and theater, but, you know, they'd be a lead in one thing and then a supporting part in another and a bit part in another and I'd go back to play a lead. And, you know, they, there was never a box there. And I always thought that's the kind of actor it's taken America about 40 to 50 years to catch up to that, but it's really cool now that I think it, it is happening. You know, I mm -hmm. see people like the cast of the new voice in the band, all of those actors, they're just in theater and film and TV. Mm -hmm. Get exhausted just thinking about it, but it's, it's really exciting. I like that all these boundaries have kind of dropped. Right. And it's, it's all just mm -hmm. acting. Mm -hmm. The thing that's, you know, Broadway, I remember being, when I was young, that was the ultimate in prestige. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Particularly like dramas, plays. Now it's just Broadway is just musical uh, films that have been reconceptualized as musicals. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, Cats. Cats. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I remember remember Six Degrees of Separation. There's a running joke about the film version of Cats and that. I cannot believe anyone was dumb enough to actually do a film version of Cats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I keep trying to tell Lawrence we need to watch that one of these days, but you well, know. I've seen it. I've seen it in, in, on Broadway, but for the well, movie, my son says, We'll have to do like a sh uh, do get a bottle of whiskey or something and do shots during it. You know? <laughs> Make it into a drinking game. Make it into a drinking game. But Anytime then I'm thinking, was, yeah, that's too much drinking. <laughs> a lot of drinking. Every time somebody says, well, it's like there's all these like different kinds of cats. You're like every right. time they say the word for huh? medical cats or I can't remember. Right. Metasophiles. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite idea for a drinking game would be Gilligan's Island. Every time someone says Gilligan, you would be drunk. And Gilligan? Exactly. Well, Leon, thank you so much. This has been a quick hour of fun in talking to you. That's been a yeah. Wow, that was quick. I know. It was fast. It's because you were having so much fun with us. And I was talking to two skilled interviewers. Of course. <laughs> I've done so many of so many shows where you sit down and they start with, so what's your show about? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Homework. Check into it. Uh, no, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. I've had a really fun time. It's, um, it's, I can always tell if it's because I'm not sweating. 
Uh, Usually these things, if they don't go well, I'm like dripping with sweat by now. But this was really fun. Thank oh, you good. So much. Yeah, you're welcome. And you know what? We'll have you back. Maybe you uh, want to join a panel that we're going to hold. On, you oh, know, that would be fun. Web yeah. series or filmmaking or something. Yeah, I, you, you're a treasure and a resource. Um, and so, you know, and, you. I'm sorry. As are you. Oh, thank you. But and you. <laughs> and Jordan. And when you see her short. Uh oh, we lost you. Oh no. Yeah, so I she's can't acting. Repeat that. Because right, she, she's acting, singing, and she co wrote the song that she's performing. So it's lovely. And it speaks to, you know, things that we need to be addressing today and, and you know, getting away from seeing people as black, white, gay, whatever, and see, and just seeing them as people, right? I can't wait to see it. So we'll oh make God. sure you get to see that. Cool. Please do. <laughs> okay. It was so nice to talk with you. It was great talking to you, Jordan. Great questions. Thank you again so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. And we will talk to you. I'll link you with everything, but I'll also want, um, we're going to do a book giveaway for you. Oh, cool. To promote whenever we publish this up, we're going to have a little contest. Excellent. So, and now I'd be happy to sign it as well. I was going to ask if you would sign it and then we'll get that. I know you're, you're selling signed copies, right? Do you yeah, have on our website? Yeah. I'll, I'll or, or you can yeah. Cool. I'll, whichever way you, is best. We'll talk about that on Facebook and then we'll cool. get going. All right. Thank you so much. ladies. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye. And thank you for joining us for our interview series. RCR is in the room with, you can find us on the red carpet report, YouTube channel and your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter at RCR News Media and Red Carpet Report on Instagram. You can catch Jordan at New Mexico Women in Film on Instagram. So look forward to the next time. Thanks everyone. And